founder of Masterclass. Again, a lot of success. Day one, super nervous. Spent under 100 grand on acquiring new customers. And he's going, oh my gosh, if this is 10 times what our average is going to be, we're screwed. But turns out day two was the same as day one. Turned out to be that that's the average per day, not 10 times what the, high, the average would be. So worked out really, really well. Team of 64, $53 million raised, focused on finding the world's top professionals in any, any really industry, producing them currently. Eight new releases this year on track to do 16. They're about doubling class production year over year. Again, focused on helping the masses learn, all going back to his grandmother's story and being denied from all these locations when she was trying to get a great education. This is The Top, where I interview entrepreneurs who are number one or number two in their industry in terms of revenue or customer base. You'll learn how much revenue they're making, what their marketing funnel looks like, and how many customers they have. I'm now at $20,000 per talk. Five and six million. He is hell-bent on global domination. We just broke our 100,000 unit soul mark. And I'm your host, Nathan Latka. Many of you listening right now don't have time to listen to every B2B SaaS CEO that I've interviewed. If you want to get access to the database I've created with year-over-year growth rates, customer accounts, margins, and many, many other data metrics and data points, you can go to getlatka.com. Here's the thing, though. This database, I keep it to myself. It's so freaking valuable. And to preserve the quality of the data and make sure that the people that have access to it have a true advantage, I'm only letting 10 companies on each month. So we're full this month, but you can go to getlatka.com to get on the waiting list for next month. And look, there's big people on the waiting list. I mean, the biggest VCs you've ever heard of. You've probably heard of them. They're big, private equity, billions and billions under management. So it's an impressive waiting list. Go get on now at getlatka.com. This is episode 777. Coming up tomorrow morning, you'll learn from Dave Kellogg. His SaaS company has raised $80 million and he left Salesforce to bring finance departments to the cloud with his company, Host Analytics. Hello, everyone. My guest today is David Rogier. He's the CEO of Masterclass, where he leads the company's vision of redefining digital learning by leveraging the expertise of world-class experts with the cutting-edge technology platform. David created Masterclass after seeing how the online education space was offering low-quality content and taking unfair advantage of students. David, are you ready to take us to the top? I'm ready. I have one question for you. I'm going through my Facebook feed this morning, and I see Christina Aguilera killing it. She's teaching us how I can sing like her and be a diva. Can you sing like Christina Aguilera? I cannot. (laughs) Uh, I cannot at all. However, I can appreciate her a whole lot more now. Yep. Yep. So this is obviously, guys, an ad I saw for Masterclass promoting the recent Christina Aguilera deal they did. Why? Well, David, let me take a step back because I've already studied this. So I take it. I take for granted that other people might not know what Masterclass does. What is Masterclass and how do you make money? We we offer classes from the absolute best in the world. Um, they are they are online classes with a bunch of it is pre-recorded and then and then there also is a live portion of it. Um, every class costs the exact same at ninety dollars. Got it. Okay, so every every class is the same no matter what, and it's not subscription, right? It's kind of pay as you go as the student wants to learn. They just choose what they want. They choose what they want and they have access forever to it. Okay, very cool. So walk me through walk me through kind of like why you did this because this space is crowded right and we've got like udemy like udemy udemy i don't know how you say the name whatever udemy creative live i'm sure there's others linkedin bought the the platform they're kind of getting into this now why do this yeah linda yeah um 
Okay, it started, um, so I actually was working for a VC fund here in here in the Bay Area. I was in, I was in, I was a tech investor um, and I missed building stuff and I actually went to the head, I went to the, I went to the head of the fund I was working at and I was like, hey, thanks so much, but Which I want to start to build something. Um, I worked uh, for his, uh, the guy who ran the fund, his name is Michael Deering at Harrison um, Michael Deering is probably like one of the best seed investors in the Valley. Uh, he's, he might be a, he might be a genius. Mm-hmm. Um, he's way smarter than I am. Um, and, um, so I, I went to Michael, I was like, Hey, thanks so much. I want to go start something. I'm, I am not, I do not know what. Um, and Michael wrote me a check for about half a million bucks and told me to go think of an idea. Um, which was really nice of him and I did not want to mess that up. Um, so I thought long and hard about what is it I want to do. I did lots of tests, I did polls, I built fake websites. And what I kept back to was what I learned from my uh, grandmother. Um, my grand, my my grandmother helped raise me. She 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 was raised in in Poland. Um, while she was on a on a vacation at the age of like eighteen, um, the 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 Nazis invade Poland. Um, they 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 take everything she had. They also kill her. They also kill her. Her they kill her. Her father um, and she flees the United States. She gets a job in a factory, um, and while in a factory, she applies to medical school, uh, to like to over fifty schools. She gets a no from every single one of this them. This is your grandmother, she right? Working the factory. This is my grandmother. She applies again to all fifty schools. She got a no from every single one. She starts calling the deans of admissions and starts saying, "Why? How come I'm not get? How can I? How come I keep?" Get it? How come I keep hearing no? They all hang up on the phone with her except for one, who says that you have three strikes against you. You are a woman. You're a you are a you are a foreigner, and you're Jewish. Um, she applies again the next year. She finally gets into one, becomes a doctor, and build and build and builds a big practice and. I remember the first time she told I heard, the first time she told me the story, um, and I'm just like staring at it. Right, I'm like eight years old. Like this is he- so heavy stuff to hear, and I'm just like staring at her. And she's like, "David, the point I'm trying to make to you is that education is the only thing that su- that su- that education is the only thing that someone can't take away from you." Um, and that kind of came rushing back in my head, um, and wanted to build something that other people can't take from other people. Um, and so that was like the impetus to go dive into education. And then we started seeing trends and we started seeing, okay, how come I'm not taking online classes, right? Um, I love to learn. How come I don't finish them, right? Um, and if you look at most online classes, they are a they are a webcam in the back of a classroom. And what if you could actually make it so it's built for the web? Um, and then you keep pushing on it and you're like, okay, well, if we're gonna have like really high quality classes, you want the best in the world to teach and oh my god what if you could go back in time and take a class from the right from the right brothers how neat would that be even though 80 percent would be wrong it still be really neat um and we kind of combined all those things and we came up with master so what is the what year did you launch this and was this, was this four year about four or five years ago uh, no, it was about two years ago so we launched may 2015 okay and total capital raised to date is how much 
Um, approximately 50 million. 50. So you've been obviously really aggressive, right? Two years old, raising 50 million bucks. I mean, you're, you're kind of going all in. Um, what, in yeah. terms of, in terms of why you raise that capital, is that really a lot of that going towards team or is a lot of it going towards a, like, you know what you have to spend to get a new $90 customer or is it going towards paying Christina Aguilera and these heavyweights you have to actually come on your platform? No, no, it's all, it, almost all of it is to increase team um, and the production to shoot more classes. Mm -hmm. And what is your team size today? Uh, we're now at uh, 68. Eight, and by the end of the year, we'll be at over 100. That's great. Now, take me back to year one. This is always a fun question, right? So 20, I guess it would have been 2015, yeah. 2016. Uh, how many folks took one of your classes in just your your year one? That's a great question. Uh, no, that's also a stat that we do not share. But that's a but that but that was a great question. I'll tell you. Well, how how, how embarrassing was it? How how low was it? Um, I think our first year was not embarrassing low. I I think in part why we were able to raise capital and the amount we have is because of the traction we've seen. I think I, I don't know if this is going to kind of answer to where you're going. Um, I remember the first day we had sales and I was horrified because you, I thought first day of sales, we're getting all this press. We're going to have a huge amount of sales. And then, you know, like it'll be 10 X how much you're going to have on day on the second day. Right. And so I saw our sales first day and I was like, I mean, I, I was terrified. I was like, Oh my God, if that is 10 X or like our average, this, we are screwed. This is never going to work. Um, and wait, why I'm not following that David. Why? Oh, sorry. Why? Yeah, so I'm going to make this number up so that you can give a better example. Let's say day one, you got a hundred sales. You didn't like that. Yeah. I don't understand why. Oh, I didn't like that because I figured that the day one number was going to be 10x what like our day two number was going to be. Oh, I see. So if we had one, if we had one one hundred on the first day, I'm like, okay, well that's okay if we keep having that every day. But if we have ten, 10 every day, we are screwed. Yeah. Yep. Um, so I actually went home after the first day. I know this is going to sound really. Uh, I don't know. Just give it to uh, me. I actually went home and I, I actually cried. <laughs> <laughs> I actually cried because I was, I've been working on this for so long, got all these people behind it. I think this is awesome. And we, and like, if this is our best day for a year, we are screwed. Yeah. Um, so you were embarrassed. You were embarrassed. Let me just wrap that up. You were embarrassed. You were scared, yeah. worried, nervous, embarrassed, whatever on first day sales because it was so low. And you're about to tell us the story of how that turned around or why that turned around. <laughs> Yes. Well, what, what, so I come to the, I come to the office on day two, um, and I go to one of the first marketing people that we ever employed. His name is Reed Benson. He's fantastic. He is from Netflix and runs our paid marketing, um, and growth. And he comes in, um, and I, I, I go, I go, I go to see him. It's, it's our day. It's our second day. It's a Thursday. Um, and I'm like, Reed, like, I'm really scared. He's like, 
I'm not at all. And I was like, wait, Reed, why? He's like, this is going to be huge. And I was like, wait, Reed, how can you tell? We just had like sales on the first day, which was like, if we keep that, we are, you know, I mean, if that's our best day, we are mess we're, we're in a really bad spot. He's like, look at these CACs. These CACs are amazingly low. Um, what is amazingly low? Like in, in, the do in the low dollars or $10 or one third of the lifetime value of the 90 bucks? I mean, what's a low CAC in this space? Yeah, I mean, like, I'm trying to remember what they were on day two. It made it so that on the first, per, on the first, per, on the, when somebody buys a class, we are able to make money on the first. Right. Purchase. So immediate payback period. So less than ninety bucks I mean, yeah. to spend. Okay. Yeah. And what did, do you mind me? I mean, on that first day, what were people actually buying? Did you only have one course up, or did you seed the launch we with five? What were they? Uh, Dustin Hoffman. Okay. James. James. James Patterson and Sir and Sir and Sir it was Sir it was Serena Williams James Patterson Dustin Hoffman and Serena Williams and did you see consistent CACs across different subject matter or were the tennis customers way cheaper to get than the other ones um it was pretty close. It was interesting. Pretty, it was pretty close. Interesting. Pretty close. Um, what was also interesting was after Reed said that to me, with you know, end of day, two, two, our set, our set, our closed on second day. Our sales were just like they were on day one. Great. And day, and the third day was just like day one, and the fourth day was just like, and so you're like, okay. What it I works. thought was the peak is our average. Yeah. And as soon as you see that, you're like, this is going this is gonna work. And what did you spend on day one in terms of total paid spend? Are we talking like ten thousand or a hundred thousand or a million? Um I honestly don't remember this was like, this was two years just ago. Just give me a huge uh, scale. I'm just curious. Yeah. Less than what? Less than a hundred thousand. Okay, less than a hundred thousand. Cool. And then so you obviously have team you have those three courses out you've got the obviously sales coming in you spent less than 100 grand and was that all via like facebook google where where was your where was your cac kind of being spent yeah um i mean paid works well for us across a bunch of channels um the other thing we have which you know is nice um is that our instructors help their classes? Um, they, you know, the instructors. This is their life work that they're trying to put into a class. So they're real. They're they really they really care or invested. Um, so they, you know, do press. So they go. They not only interviews, but they go on talk shows. They also tweet and post. Um, and then and then we're lucky, and the teams work really hard that the classes are good and people like the classes. And so then so then so then word spreads. What do you? Pay Hey, someone like Christina Aguilera to carve time out of her busy schedule to do this with you. Um, we don't talk about that. It's a great question. We don't talk about it. Um, but I, I, I'm going to be very honest. The instructors, if the instructors want to earn a lot of money. There are tons of options for for them to go do. The instructors are teaching and doing this because they actually want to teach. Well, see, the reason I ask that is I I know for a fact Serena Williams hates teaching, like I I, I like for a fact because I because I know people very very close to her. So what I'm curious is when you find an instructor that is a huge name that you know will drive sales but yeah. doesn't enjoy or like teaching, how do you structure it so it's still engaging for them and 
and they stay like like totally in it there has to be a huge incentive i'm guessing there has to be a huge incentive there to, to overcome that i mean i think serene i mean any of these instructors if they if somebody doesn't like to teach and they're going to work and they're going to work with us it's not because they don't like to teach us maybe they've had a bad experience they've so, there's something in the past where they've taught and it did, it did not go well or or did not go how they how they wanted it to go um but these classes they it is them deciding how they want to share their own craft and so that they have complete control and they get to decide. And so as a result, the instructors are super engaged um, and give extra time and do much more than they like ever have to. I'll give you an example um, with her, for example. I mean, she had people in her class upload clips of them playing and she sat at home, watched it and gave notes to people in, 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 inside her class. Um, James- she does that for every customer that signs up? is not for every customer what how she does it because like this we have you know because like scale is she picks okay she looks at a bunch of them she's like okay who are the ones that i'm seeing people are making the same mistakes you know and let me pick that as an example to discuss almost the same when we are in school right and a professor chooses one essay or five essays to discuss um in front of the whole class yep that makes good sense so we uh, you won't talk about how much you pay each instructor but from a uh, from a format perspective can you help me understand like the general skeletal structure is it like there's some kind of payment and then some kind of rev share and then they agree to market like what's the general structure of how those relationships work i mean the most we can say is that we are partners with them on the classes um but that yeah and we share and success with them on it got it so um, there's a there's a rev share and then maybe some it's obviously a negotiation one-on-one with every person because they all have different agents and it's and it's unique but the, your partners there's some upside if they promote it they get some cut going forward is that accurate <laughs> Not all the specifics that you're saying, but we are, we like, we, I mean, they share and discuss the class with us. Is the reason you can't kind of give a blatant answer because each negotiation is different depending on the circumstance? Oh, no. Um, why we can is one, like, in, in, in an actual deal, like, we cannot share any of the deal points and stuff like this, but also because, yeah, so it's one. Two is because that's not what, like, actual, like, it, it, it takes away from what actually drives them to actually teach. And I'm like, let me give, like, an example. J- uh, James Patterson, the author, um, it was reported in Forbes or something. I think last year from book sales, he made close to, to uh, the number is, like, close to over 100 million dollars in what what he took home from book sales 100 million dollars from book sales right um why he teaches with us there's lots of ways for him to earn more money but but what james in the class he's answering students helping students he was so impressed by the students in this class that he actually picked one student to be his next co-author like that is stuff you could never put into a deal, right? Or like a structure, you never do it. But like they get so invested in this that like they go above and beyond. Well, David, that's true. But I mean, in all fairness, you see marketers do this a lot. Hey, if everyone that purchases today, one of you is going to get some variable reward. Nobody knows who it's going to be. So they want to buy a lottery ticket to potentially be the co-author. It drives way more sales. Yeah, okay, but wait, hold, on, hold on. Most of the time when that happens, you win like a prize, right? Or you get some cash or 
before you get a trip. James Patterson is picking, and, it, and it's like you actually. No, no, I agree with you. It's a huge, huge prize. But my point is, he's not just necessarily doing it because he, like, he knows it's going to drive significant more revenue on the course when he puts a big variable reward on that. Yeah, but I guess I don't know how to, the the amount that that would drive is. What's the amount? What? You could tell me the average sales per, per account, and this answer would be solved easy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, okay, look. But, like, I think if you look at any of these instructors, they could earn substantially more from doing an ad with yeah. Amex. Yeah, sure. Right? I get it. Like okay. So, like, and, and, and you have to remember, like, he's doing – this is his life's work that he's bringing on somebody to work with. He's not going to do that to drive – X percent increase in sales, mm -hmm. right? He's doing that because he thinks, oh my God, this person's really good. I can make great books and I can keep working with them. I, I, part, I mean, but like, for example, let's say Linda or LinkedIn took the model you're doing. If someone yeah. got a pitch from you versus Serena Williams, got a pitch from you versus LinkedIn, I mean, I yeah. assume LinkedIn's better known than you. Why would they pick you over LinkedIn? My point is there's got, there's got to be a huge part of your cost structure that is tied to incentivizing these instructors. Oh, but I mean, like a, a LinkedIn could always pay more than we could. Exactly. Exactly. Right. That's I mean, my point. Yeah. So yeah, but I don't. So I don't think it's cost structure. I actually think it's that. What if you look at the you look at the qual the quality of the classes, right? Compared to these other sites, right? Um, if you look at the emphasis and time we put um, in what is taught, how it's taught, what it looks like, um, the the respect we do for on their craft. Um, and the commute and the community of other instructors that they get to join, right? Um, I think you know if I mean I don't know it, like yeah yeah I, I I I guess my point is I don't think it's cost structure or comp because we would never we would never we would never be able to win. Yep. Last few questions here, David, before we wrap up with the famous uh, five. How many classes today are on the platform? How many different 20. instructors? Twenty-eight. Uh, just 20 20 okay and what's your velocity are you getting like one new out per month or like do you try and aim for any kind of production schedule like that yeah so we are so in the last year we we had like eight classes came out in the in this year we have already had about eight come out um so in this year we're trying to go you know times two for the double year, year over year yeah. Yep. Very cool. And then, um, can you give us, uh, you've said some things you don't want to share, but can you give us any kind of sentence or structure or range that would help people understand the success of, of the, stu the, 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 the instructors getting exposure to X amount of students? I mean, can you give any kind of range on that? No, I, I really can't. What I can do um, is I'll try, I can share some numbers. This isn't going to be exactly what you want. But That's okay. Yeah, whatever you feel um, comfortable with. Th things we've been totally shocked by and surprised by. Um, we thought um, the first group of people we were going to get were going to be people that already take online classes. That ends up not being true. About half to 80% of our students have never taken an online class before. That was really surprising to us. Other thing really surprising is who actually takes the classes. Our initial hypothesis and guesses were going to be that a large percentage of them were going to be fans. That's actually not true. You know, you're talking about a big chunk of them are um, pros. So this is like I'm a professional actor. It depends on the class, right? So there's some variation. I'm a professional actor. I 
professionally write. Um, I actually want to improve my craft. The other group that we get are the enthusiasts. You know, I, I am a hobbyist in the area. And then the third group is like the TED NPR crowd. Like, I love to learn. I just want to hear. I, I want to hear some awesome parts of how they do their craft. So I think that's also been surprising to us because I thought coming on, we're going to have a large percentage of fans. If Microsoft and Jeff come to you today into your office and say, David, David's investors, we want to write you a, oh, let me just put it out. Let me write, say $300 million check to buy Masterclass. Do you sell? No way. You guys, will, you guys will have to. You guys will have to watch the YouTube video and judge David's reaction yourself. <laughs> all right, guys. I talked about this earlier, but I schedule like so many meetings. It would blow your mind. I mean, all my podcast interviews, right? Hundreds of entrepreneurs I talk to monthly. I schedule, and you know what? I do it so efficiently. I get them all to agree to my calendar, so all the calls are back to back to back. That means I'm not switching in between tasks all day long. I get them to batch so that can be very efficient. It's so critical. I use a tool called Acuity Scheduling to do this at NathanLacka.com forward slash schedule. It eliminates the back and forth between me and people I'm trying to meet with. It makes it very simple. And most importantly, they help me keep my no-show rate very low because they send out reminders. Helps you look very professional. So go to NathanLacka.com forward slash schedule to sign up. And you get a great deal. You know, you guys know this. I hit people hard. I make great deals. And Gavin, the CEO, has given us a great deal. If you sign up like normal people, okay, on their website, you only get a 14-day free trial. If you use my link, nathanmicah.com forward slash schedule, you get 45 days free. Okay, it's the best. It's free. Go to nathanmicah.com forward slash schedule right now to sign up. And I'll see you there. David, let's wrap up here. Let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? The uh, the the science of shopping by Paco Underhill. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying currently? Jeff Bezos. Number three, is there a favorite online tool you have, like Acuity Scheduling? Um, actually, like Doodle. Doodle, that's a good one. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Not enough. Between like five and seven. Okay, so we'll call. We'll say six. And uh, what? <laughs> what, what's your current situation? Married, single? Do you have kids? Um, I, 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 I am single. Single, no kids. Okay, and how old are you, David? Uh, thir- in October I will be. 35. Very good. And it's not October 3rd by any chance, is it? October 24th. Okay. I'm the third. I was going to say that'd be, it'd be destiny. Yeah. All right. Last question. Take us back 15 years. What do you wish your 20 year old self knew? Entrepreneurship is the hardest thing I've ever done in my entire life or will be the hardest thing that you've ever done. There you guys have it from David Rogier, the founder of Masterclass. Again, a lot of success. Day one, super nervous, spent under hundred grand on acquiring new customers. And he's going, oh my gosh, if this is 10 times what our average is going to be, we're screwed. But turns out day two was the same as day one. Turned out to be that that's the average per day, not 10 times what the, high, the average would be. So worked out really, really well. Team of 64, $53 million raised, focused on finding the world's top professionals in any any really industry producing them currently eight new releases this year on track to do 16 they're about doubling class production year over year again focused on helping the masses learn all going back to his grandmother's story and being denied from all these locations when she was trying to get a great education david thank you for taking us to the top yeah thank you so much If you enjoyed David today, go back and listen to texting-based founder Eric Beans yesterday share his margins, cap table, evaluation, and more. 